Welcome to the New Yorker's January 7, 2013 issue. We have five articles for you. In the talk of the town, Alec Wilkinson attends a class that trains journalists in battlefield medicine. Next, Adam Green reports on how a magician is testing the human mind. Then, Lauren Collins uncovers why Scandinavian TV has so many fans. And finally, in the current cinema, Anthony Lane reviews three films, Les Miserables, starring Hugh Jackman, Russell Crowe, and Anne Hathaway, Quentin Tarantino's Django Unchained, starring Jamie Foxx, Christoph Waltz, and Leonardo DiCaprio, and Amor, written and directed by Michel Haneke. But first, it's this week's comment. In Shots, Hendrik Hertzberg weighs in on the gun problem. Within hours of the unspeakable massacre of 20 first graders and six teachers and staff members at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, on Friday, December 14th, bookers for the television network's Sunday morning political talk shows hit the phones, trolling for guests. They were seeking, among others, politicians, public officials, and prominent citizens willing to defend the proposition that military-style munitions— High-powered semi-automatic assault rifles and pistols that can fire around every second use magazines holding as many as a hundred bullets of a type specially engineered to liquefy the insides of human beings and be outfitted with accessories like grenade launchers, flash suppressors, bayonet lugs, pistol grips, and collapsible stocks should continue to be readily available to all comers with or without minimal background checks or waiting periods. The bookers came up empty. We reached out to all 31 pro-gun rights senators in the new Congress to invite them on the program to share their views on this subject this morning, David Gregory of NBC told his Meet the Press audience. We had no takers. The National Rifle Association, which had instantly deactivated its Facebook page and silenced its Twitter feed, refused all interview invitations and issued a statement explaining, admitting, that it was shutting its big mouth as a matter of common decency. When it finally opened that mouth, a week later, out came a demand for NRA-trained guards in every single American school. A hundred thousand schools, a hundred thousand guards, a hundred thousand guns, a hundred million dollars in new business for the NRA's corporate partners in the gun industry. It was hard, in the massacre's immediate aftermath, to find a presentable advocate for the view that the number one cause of gun violence is a shortage of guns. The number two cause, presumably, is a surplus of people.